everything about myself went out the window and I turned to food completely. That was my rock bottom and I gained nearly 100 pounds. Then I became extremely overweight with a slew of health problems because I completely stopped caring about myself. Losing weight isn't easy and some days we can feel like we need some extra help. Welcome to the Weight Loss Warrior podcast, the show where we share inspiring real life success stories from normal everyday people like you and I. Listen to how each of our guests managed to overcome their personal challenges to lose the weight they wanted as they talk about the secrets to their success and give great advice that you can benefit from. Become part of our tribe and use the Weight Loss Warrior podcast as your source of motivation and support to help you on your weight loss transformation. And now your host and friend, Carl Radley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Weight Loss Warrior podcast. I'm your host, Carl, and we're here today to share another amazing success story. Today, I have Ashley from New Jersey joining me. How are you, Ashley? Hi, Carl. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm doing very well, and thank you for joining me today. This is going to be a really, really good episode, and I'm really looking forward to it because you've got a very popular presence on Instagram and the, the story you've got yourself, but also the support that you give to other people as well. So I'm really looking forward to exploring that today. Would you mind by maybe just telling us a little bit about yourself, perhaps? Sure. Um, so in a nutshell, my name is Ashley. I'm from New Jersey. Um, I've been married to my husband for about 10 years, going on 11, and we have three kids nine, five, and one, which those were like the driving force for me to finally get my act together and change my life. Because it's one thing when you're unhealthy for yourself, but it's a whole new game when you have kids that need you and you're just not the best version of yourself. So I would say my kids would be the number one driving force for why I finally was ready to do this. Um, But yeah, I'm a stay at home mom, which is challenging, but the most rewarding and amazing thing. Um, And that's been an interesting part of the weight loss journey, you know, being home with three kids all the time, but I wouldn't change it. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. So, I mean, for you, I mean, you, you've got three children and I mean, we can talk about this more in the episode, but obviously that in itself for your body requires certain right. uh, moments and, and, and takes you through certain I'll say a it's process. A I make, yeah. yeah, I make it sound very mechanical by calling it a process, but um, you know, there's weight that has to be gained. There's weight that if you choose to lose afterwards, there's yeah. a, a number of things that happen during a pregnancy that can actually make weight loss much more difficult afterwards. So, and it's funny because through all of my pregnancies, I've been through all three of my pregnancies couldn't have been more different when it comes to my weight. I had one pregnancy where I gained eight pounds. I had one pregnancy where I gained 50 pounds. So I really uh, kind of explored it all, even on the pregnancy front. <laughs> wow. So yeah, we definitely need to get into that. Maybe before <laughs> we talk more about the the success side and, and how you've managed your weight loss, and perhaps we could talk a bit about beforehand. So did you, prior to uh, having babies, did you struggle with your weight at all? Or was this something that purely came no, out? No, this of, has yeah. been going on since I was probably 13, you know, when I started to be a little bit overweight for my age and, you know, the doctors were mildly concerned. Um, nothing crazy, just mildly. Um, and then when I was like in high school, I had a group of friends and I was the bigger friend. Now looking back, I'm like, honey, you were not big, you know, but I was the bigger friend out of my friend group, very insecure, wore oversized hoodies, kind of hid my body a lot. Um, and then after high school, I went to the other extreme. So I started to lose a little bit of weight and I got addicted to it and I became almost unhealthy with how skinny I had gotten and how obsessed I was with losing weight 
Um, I got down to like 120 pounds and I'm five foot five. So it was not a healthy look for me. I said no to social events. I wouldn't go out to restaurants. If I did, I brought my own fat-free dressing and I would just get like lettuce and a piece of chicken. Like it was the opposite of what you would think, you know? So after years of that, I became unhealthy. My hair was falling out, my skin, you know, my nails were breaking. I just was an unhealthy obsession with being skinny, which obviously wasn't sustainable. And because I restricted myself for so long, I then went to the opposite spectrum. So it was very hard for me to find the middle ground. And I've been searching for that middle ground my entire adult life. I was either one extreme or the other. So I am the definition of a yo-yo dieter. <laughs> okay. And definitely in terms of a yo-yo dieter going higher and lower in, in your overall weight. But if you don't mind me asking a bit more about this, it seems that from going one extreme to the other like that, that it, it was potentially more than just your relationship with food. It was uh, more of a psychological impact that you were having. And I, I would imagine for a lot of people, when you start losing weight, this, this can you know give you more confidence. It can make you happier about yourself. But there must have been a, a fine line for you when you started losing weight for the first time and it became almost dangerous for you. That you were obviously you went from maybe being more confident and happier to then again being in exactly the same place emotionally, but just at the other end of the scale, so to speak. Yeah, it just got like exhausting um, saying, you know, like I, if, if anybody follows me, they'll know family and social events are like my thing. I love be going out. I love being with family. I love barbecues. I love all of that stuff. And when I was at that extreme, I was avoiding all of that because my fear of gaining weight would take over. So I'd be like, well, if I go out to dinner, with my sister, I'm going to eat something that I shouldn't. And I'm going to gain my weight back. And I was so addicted to, and it was nice in the beginning, you know, you get the compliments. Oh my God, what are you doing? But I was doing it in such an unhealthy fashion. I couldn't figure out how to do it in a healthy way. Um, so then I just got so over it and just stopped caring at all, which was very strange to go from one extreme to the other. I would say there was a middle ground. Um, I didn't go from one extreme to the other within like a year. It was like a middle, the middle ground was I slowly started gaining. Uh, but then I, at the same point, then I started getting really into like, okay, I don't want to eat. I want to eat more. So let me kill myself with working out. So I've talked openly on my Instagram about why I have a bad relationship with working out that I'm trying to fix because then I was like, all right, I want to eat more. So that means I have to go to the gym three times a day, or I have to hire, hire a personal trainer. I have to, you know, get this food off. If I'm going to go out to eat with my sister, then I have to go to the gym right after. So that was my unhealthy. It was just always this hamster wheel of some type of unhealthy habit to try to reach this goal. And none of it was sustainable. So I would just bounce back and forth until after I got married and had my daughter. Unfortunately, my father got diagnosed with cancer when my daughter was six months old. And then everything about myself went out the window and I turned to food completely um, he passed away when my daughter was one years old and that was my rock bottom and I gained nearly a hundred pounds. Then I became the extreme opposite from when I was super thin. I became extremely overweight with a slew of health problems because I completely stopped caring about myself after I lost my dad. I'm sorry to hear that you lost your dad at such a young age for you as well, because that's, I imagine, very difficult. And yeah. if you are someone who doesn't have... I'll say balance in terms of your your well-being, emotional state, and and the way that you you view yourself or the way that you manage your weight. Things like this, you know, a, a severely traumatic event that that deeply 
hurt you and, and be very difficult for you to manage. It's normal that these extremes and, and the things that are a result of that other things that suffer so you so right. you went from being underweight to the other extreme and this was when you were 29 so I, I imagine it was some difficult years leading up to that point managing your yeah. weight and like like you said yourself as well that if you decided you would consume more calories there had to be a trade-off somewhere and for right. you it was increasing your exercise or a way of, of reducing those calories and burning them as quickly as you were consuming them just to really stay and maintain that that balance yeah and then I just kind of gave it up, gave up on it all. I stopped working out. I stopped caring about, I just, I turned to food. I am an emotional eater. That would be probably my biggest downfall is the emotional eating, not just like the social gatherings. Um, and then obviously when I have, you know, I'm going through postpartum issues as it is, you know, my first child, 29 years old, and then my dad gets sick and my whole world is upside down. Like I was extremely close to my parents. Unfortunately, we'll get there. It's part of my story as we get further along, but my mother ended up passing away from cancer. So I balanced that differently. Um, but my parents were my world. So when this happened, it just rocked our entire foundation. And I was so concerned about my mom, my sister, my brother, like trying to get my dad through chemo, worrying about him, my daughter. And I just didn't even think about myself. And I put myself completely at the bottom of the priority list. And you could tell, like, I ended up becoming extremely unhealthy. Like my, my blood work was not great. My doctors were concerned. And then I did end up joining Weight Watchers. My dad died in 2014. I did end up joining Weight Watchers in 2016. And I did lose weight. But I again, did it in a very not balanced, restrictive mindset and was not successful to keep it off and ended up quitting and gaining all that weight back. So it's been a long time coming of why I get to this point now on my Instagram of preaching balance and moderation and consistency because that was my life for so long. And it's just got to be too exhausting to live that way. Of course. And and this is something that uh, I'd love to get your opinion on, because it's something I feel quite strongly about in that there's so many methods out there that will tell you what to follow to lose weight. And it's something I talk about quite a lot on this podcast. But, mm -hmm. you know, you can you can follow any plan, whether it's Weight Watchers, whether it's keto, mm -hmm. Ultimately, which I've done, which I've done them all. I've done okay, keto, so I've you, done them you've all. tried them. <laughs> I um, have done them all. You name it, I've tried it. <laughs> and the thing is that ultimately, it's a tool that all, every single one ends up with you being in a calorie deficit. It's 100%. just a different way of doing it. How do you so, put yourself in the calorie deficit? For sure. And it's marketed in different ways. It's framed in different ways, and and people will find that different methods work for them. And I think it depends very much on culture, your emotional state your right. well-being and, and so that's why if some people say oh that didn't work for me or it doesn't work because it didn't work for them but ultimately it doesn't matter which one of these you try if you can stick to the tool and, and the, the process you will lose mm -hmm. weight because Agreed. it's just guiding you into a calorie deficit 100 percent. yeah the thing that i struggle with and and feel there needs to be more about uh, more done about is the mental well-being side of things the emotional state and and helping people on a weight loss journey to first of all tackle the issues that perhaps caused the weight gain in the first place or sure. perhaps for weight loss in the first place if it's somebody who may be going towards anorexia right and i've done both extremes i've literally uh flirted with both sides and that's why i'm keen to get your opinion and you also said as well before i actually get to my final point um that oh. you tried weight watchers and it worked for a time but your emotional state wasn't in the 100%, right place yeah and that you're nailing it because it really doesn't matter 
what and how you do it if you're not doing it with the right mindset going into it. And I know that's the most cliche, like frustrating thing to hear when you're on the starting side. Like it just doesn't sound like something you want to hear that it's all mindset, but it truly is all mindset. Like to, I think what we get, what gets lost is it's not just about losing weight for too long. I just wanted to figure out how to lose the weight and figure out the rest later. Right. Let me just lose the weight and I'll figure out the rest when I get there. And you never do. And then somewhere along the way, more than likely, you give up and go back to where you didn't want to be. Um, so that's where the mindset and the mental side of it really, really comes down to it. I agree. And I think it's it's one of two things. It's exactly as you've just described it, that you think, okay, let me lose the weight and then I'll, I'll work on myself in other ways. Mm-hmm. Or people have this expectation, unfortunately, that by losing weight, it will solve the rest of the problems that they may have. Yeah. Yep. which unfortunately it doesn't do. And and this is Not another reason <laughs> I think for a lot of people, unfortunately, who lose weight and then regain weight is because you reach this, this finish line and it's not what you expected. You don't feel emotionally any different. You, and for a lot of people, you look at yourself in the mirror and you, you don't see that new person yeah. either. You, you see exactly the, the same person, but, but weighed more because you haven't dealt with the emotional side of things. Yeah. And, and this I is agree. something well, I'd like therapy to... therapy does help. I did start therapy and that did help. I do always recommend that to, like you said, work on the mental side. So I definitely did that. But I think for me, what was most important was, like you said about the finish line, realizing there is no finish line. I never saw that when I was going through these, you know, episodes of restriction. And also, I just wanted to restrict until I got to my goal. And then I would figure it out once I got to that finish line. And there is no finish line because once I got there... I stopped doing all the things I was doing to lose the weight and I would gain it all back because there is no, there is no end game here. You know, it's all about sustainable changes over time. Like you have to change your habits or else you're going to like, you have to change as you're, as you're losing weight. Don't change after you've lost the weight because that's going to be almost impossible. I honestly believe that with a change of mindset, with the correct approach from a mental well-being side, you can make the change once. And and that can be it. But like you said, it has to be a a lifestyle change. It can't just yeah, be a diet. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely, for me, like I said, I can cut out. I mean, when I tell you I've tried everything, I've tried everything, but we'll just stick to Weight Watchers because that is my, um, you know, that is my strong suit here. <laughs> but we'll use that as an example because I did Weight Watchers in 2016. And when I quit because I, you know, I lost the weight and then after four or five months, I couldn't do it. I didn't blame me. I blamed Weight Watchers, right? Like I blamed the plans. I blamed this. Just like I blamed everything else. And it wasn't Weight Watchers or calorie counting or whatever you're doing. It was the way I was doing it with all these made up food rules, with all these, um, you know, restrictions and all the things that I was doing to myself mentally. Um, I didn't want to, I wanted to cut out things and I'll just add them back when I lose weight. And then I started losing weight and adding these things back and I was gaining weight and I couldn't understand why. So when I rejoined in 2018, I was just at a point in my life where I was like, all right, what do I want to do? Like you said earlier, at the end of the day, we need to be in a calorie deficit, right? That's bottom line. How do we get ourselves there in a sustainable fashion? For some people, it's as simple as counting calories, which I think is wonderful. For me, I needed a little more structure than that. I needed a little more guidance to make better choices because my intuition doesn't naturally pick a banana for 100 calories over a 100 calorie snack pack. And stuff like that. So I was like, all right, you know what? I need a guideline. I, but I don't want food rules. I don't want to give up a food group. I don't want to give things up that I love because if I give them up to lose the weight, 
what's going to happen if I'm not willing to do that for the rest of my life? I'm going to gain the weight back again. And I don't want to do this anymore. I was 32. I had two kids at the time. And I'm like, I want to get off the hamster wheel. So I did the work mentally and went into it with a better mindset. I went with a more realistic approach. First, we have such an unrealistic approach with weight loss. I would say majority of people that are doing it. You want instant gratification. You want instant results and don't want to worry about the rest. And I get it. I've done that for my entire adult life. This time I was like, we're going to do it with realistic expectations. And now we here we are almost five years later. And not only did I lose the weight, I was able to keep the weight off, which I think gets swept under the radar when it comes to weight loss. I feel like so many people, oh, you lost weight. You lost weight. That's great. But like keeping the weight off is just as important and making healthy habits along the way where you're not cutting out your social life. You're not telling your friend you can't go to dinner because you have anxiety that you may gain one pound overnight, like all of that stuff. But then also going to your doctor's appointment and being told like, wow, your blood work looks great. You're no longer knocking on diabetes door. You know, like all of that stuff has to come from up top. That's where you change it. Everything else comes along, you know. It's really interesting to hear you say it. And I I agree with everything you've said, Ashley. And one of the things that I hear in in your voice and, and the way you explain it is that it's almost as if you you took some pressure off of yourself. Yeah. And you... you know what the first thing I did was? I didn't give myself, and this was the first time I ever did this, I didn't give myself a um, timeline. Because for so many times I would join something and I say, I have to lose 10 pounds by next month, or I have to lose 30 pounds by this wedding in three months, or I have a vacation and I have to lose X amount of pounds. And I would put this unrealistic number on my weight loss and then because I had this pressure and this like looming number over my head, time would go by and I wasn't realistically going to approach that goal. So I would think, all right, this is getting, you're, you're failing. So you might as well quit because you're not going to reach that goal. And this time there was no goal. I don't care. I didn't care when I hit my goal. I just knew I was going to hit it. Whenever it happened, I'm going to have bumps and, you know, along the way, there's going to be things thrown at me. I'm not going to do this perfectly. I'm just going to be consistent. And that was the game changer between not just losing, but also maintaining. And something else as well that's really interesting in what you've just said is that if, if you set yourself a timeline, essentially you're giving yourself a finish line. Mm-hmm. And like I said, there is no finish line here. <laughs> and the, I think the problem is if you do you set yourself a finish line, it's that moment that you cross it. Does that then mean that you no longer have to respect yes, you the think boundaries? Like, okay, your... I did it. Now I can go back to exactly. the way I was. And that is not what happens here. That's why you have to enjoy things along the way and do it slow and steady and sustainable. Because if not, then like you said, you get to this finish line, but you're not actually finished. Because one of the things I talk about a lot is not much changes once you hit your goal. Like you have to almost eat exactly as you were. Like you might get a little more wiggle room, but besides that, not much changes. So you have to kind of stay around the same idea. Like you don't add in okay, I hit my goal. Let me add in 2000 calories a day again. Like that's not how it works. So that's why you have to be able to figure out how to fit things in along the way, as opposed to cutting them all out until you get to your goal and then adding all these things back, because now you're putting yourself way back into a surplus. And this is where it becomes a lifestyle change in the truest sense. Yeah. So Ashley, thank you for sharing all of that. And it's, it's been really interesting learning about, you know, the I'll say ups and downs and struggles that you've had with your weight and, and in terms of 
managing your weight because it obviously hasn't just been about keeping a low weight it's actually about reaching a healthy weight for you as well as you've explained and I believe it was after you said you had your second child but you decided you would return to Weight Watchers and that's when yeah it sounds like things clicked for you exactly so before I had him in 2016 I had done Weight Watchers and like like I said I did it in a very um, not realistic approach and I gained it all back so when I had gotten pregnant with him I was even heavier than I was when I had my first child um, which I didn't want to get pregnant even heavier. Luckily, during my pregnancy with my second child, I did not gain a lot of weight, but I think a lot of that was because I was already very overweight and I was already eating so bad that not much changed. I think when I had my third baby, I was at my goal for almost two years when I got pregnant and then I did end up overeating. So to go from one, you know, like being at like, at maintenance to being like, oh, I can have cold stone creamery for breakfast because for some reason that's what my pregnancy brain thought. I gained 50 pounds with my third, but with my second, I didn't gain a ton. So when I delivered him, he was about five months old and started getting mobile. And I was, you know, at my highest. And I was one day, I was literally just a random day. I think that's the other thing too. There was no like, oh, I have a wedding. I have to start losing weight. It was just like a Tuesday in June. And I was like, I think they wanted to go to the park or something. My daughter was almost five and my son was six months and he started crawling and everything about them like caused me almost like anxiety because giving them a bath, that was so much physical work that I would become out of breath and I'd get like anxious doing it or taking them to a park. Like I can't chase two kids at a park. Like there's no chance that I can do that at this size and like with how I was. And then the biggest wake up call was when I went to my doctor And they said, you were basically knocking on diabetes door. And I come from a family of type two diabetics. My mom was a type two diabetic. My aunt was a type two diabetic and so on and so forth. So it was the wake up call that I needed. So I sat down and I said, what do I, what are we going to do here? Like this has been 15 years of this and I don't want to do this anymore. So what can we do? And then for some reason I said, I was between calorie counting and Weight Watchers to me without putting other things down. Those are the only two things that I thought would be realistic for me long-term. I love them both. But for me, I knew that, like I said, I I think calorie counting is wonderful, but it's not for me in the sense of I wanted Weight Watchers to push me to eat healthier foods while not telling me not to eat food. Um, There's no food rules with Weight Watchers. They don't tell you you can't eat a potato. They don't tell you you can't have wine. They don't tell you you can't have a Kit Kat. You can have whatever you want. They're just going to give you this budget for it and you figure it out, right? So I was like, I can do that. I can build my meals around these lower zero point foods. If you're new to Weight Watchers, that's the idea. And then fit in my treats with all my, you know, points. And that really taught me sustainability. It taught me balance. It taught me, okay, you're going out to eat tonight. So have this really filling salad before you go, where when I was on calorie counting, I would say, I don't want to waste a calorie before I go out to eat. And then I'd go to the dinner and I would be really starving and restrict and then go off like the deep end. So I knew for me, I needed that structure, but with no food rules. So I, I just decided to join one day and I said, I don't care how long it takes. We're doing this and we're going to deal with it. We're not going to be perfect. We're not going to track every morsel for the rest of our lives. We're just going to track more than we don't. And it paid off. Fantastic. And and this is something from, from looking at your Instagram account. And I'll be honest, I, I'm, I've never followed Weight Watchers myself or WW as it's now known. Right. But I, I can see that a lot of your posts are sharing meal options that are, have mm-hmm. a value. And, and you described it in a very good way there. But 
of having a budget for the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I compare it various... to having like money. <laughs> and, and I think in, in that sense, it's a, a much easier way of doing it without even thinking about calories, just the word calories can bring anxiety to some people. Right. And I, like I said, I love calorie counting, but essentially it is calorie counting, but they simplify it for you. And I needed it to be as simplified as humanly possible with also without the pressure of tracking things like vegetables, lettuce, bananas, um, my low sugar ketchup. I don't want to put those things in an app, right? I don't want to be glued to my phone. Um, and also just naturally, I don't have that like one of the things that drives me nuts is when people will just be like well just eat less or you should know to eat an apple because they're good for you it's like yeah um if i did that naturally (laughs) wouldn't be where i'm at right now so clearly that's stating the obvious doesn't work for me i need to be guided through it so when i did calorie counting i was successful and it's not to put calorie counting down i always want to give that disclaimer because i really do think those are the only two things that I can work. The only reason I ended up with the Weight Watchers over it is because, like you said, it is a point system where it's very simple. Um, and also they have a list of these zero point foods. I don't want to give like a Weight Watchers meeting on here, but what that is, is those foods are nutrient dense, good for you foods, chicken, black beans, corn, vegetables, bananas, apples. So I can eat all of those things without opening my tracker. I wanted that freedom to be like, you know what? I'm having a day. I have my kids. I'm not whipping out my phone today. So I'm going to make my dinner be chicken, corn on the cob and asparagus. Cause I don't have to track those things on Weight Watchers. So I just needed that like little bit of freedom. But then like later on in the day, I could use my points on some ice cream. So that's kind of why I ended up going with the Weight Watchers. And it sounds fantastic. It sounds as though you have less to worry about because I, I, I do calorie counting. Okay. So yeah. I, I'm listening to you explain this and, and each of the things that you have said are like a were a downside for you of calorie count. I'm, I'm sitting here. You can't see me, but I'm nodding my head, like getting the app out, glued to my phone, needing to, I'm going to have some mayonnaise with my, my tuna pitta today. So right. I need to make sure I weigh out my mayonnaise and track that. It's exactly yeah. that because unfortunately it's the subtle differences of not doing those things added up throughout a week that can be the difference between not losing weight or losing weight because you, you think, okay, you, you have to either do it all in or, or not at right. all, I think, because yeah. If you only do it half the way, you won't get the results. Yeah, you're, you you're only know. cheating yourself, right? Like you're kind of just doing yourself a disservice by you're either going to do it or you're not. Um, and you know what it is too? I don't naturally pick foods that are good for me, right? Like I have sort of like an issue with food. I love food more than other some other people. Like I fantasize about food. I love food. So like I don't want to see the calories of something like ground chicken or a banana come out of my calorie budget. Even though I know I should eat that stuff because it's good for me, I don't want to. Because if I have the option to spend 200 calories, I'm picking something way more delicious than a banana and some ground chicken. And and I know I shouldn't. Like common sense says you do that stuff because they're good for you. I don't. So when I did calorie counting, I'd be like, ooh, banana, 120 calories or a glass of wine, 120 calories. So I'd pick a glass of wine <laughs> and then I'm starving. <laughs> so now I eat the banana because it's zero and then have the glass of wine. But because I ate the lower things, I'm actually more full, which leads to a nighttime of less overeating. So that's where it's worked for me. And, and this definitely sounds much more sustainable. And you know, I, I'm, I'm a fan of, of allowing people to use what works for them as long 100%. as it's safe i'm supportive of all journeys as long as you're doing it um in a way where you're not like i said like what i was doing turning down your friends and family going to a wedding and saying i can't enjoy this wedding 
one of the biggest things I preach about, which is not just me, it's everybody that, you know, has tries to get through to people is lose the all or nothing mindset. I didn't land on Weight Watchers or overweight because I enjoyed myself at a wedding. It was the, oh, great. I went to a wedding. So now this whole week shot. So let me just keep eating until next Monday. And then, then I would put myself in an even bigger calorie surplus or, you know, it was losing that attitude of all or nothing, because that was, I would think would be the number one thing that kept me back for so many years. And and I've been guilty of this myself where mm-hmm. it gets to like Wednesday, I have a blowout and I'm like, okay, well, I'll start again next week. But to, it seems to silly me- to start the next meal, right? Like it's just in your brain, your logical, it seems like, why would I, why would I try again the next meal? Let me just wait till I have a clean slate next week. And then but you know, as, as well as that, Ashley, sorry to jump in, but as, no, no. As, in, in addition to that, and even to an even bigger extreme of it being midway through a month and having maybe a few days away or a few days off and thinking, mm-hmm. oh, well, that's done now. I'll start again next month. And the prime example of that, that I've seen for so many people having this mindset is, is over the holidays that, you know, first week of December, okay, well, I'll be back in January. And all because of the anxiety created mm-hmm. about how those days of the holidays, the feelings it's going to create for those people who want to enjoy themselves, but have that feeling of guilt that if they don't follow their plan, that they've failed and they really haven't failed. So it's, it's better just to abandon it for a lot of people and avoid confronting right, those avoid. feelings. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I, we just got through the holiday season, right? So this is something I talked a lot about and kind of showed my navigation through the holiday season. Like when we went into the holiday season, you know, starting Thanksgiving to New Year's, I, for my entire life would do that exact thing, right? Like I would stop, I would have this uh, zooming January 1st is coming. So I'm going to give up all of these things. So I have to eat them all now because come January 1st, I'm going on this plan that I can't have potatoes or wine. So for the next 30 days, so I have to have as much potatoes and wine now, or like you said, just enjoying the actual holiday. Now I knew that there was no like, restriction coming up but also again it was the all or nothing mindset even if you have a lot of holidays you have more meals at home than you do out I promise you that like nobody is busy enough where they're eating I'm not just saying nobody but majority of people even if you have 15 dinners out in a month you still will have 60 meals at home and those 60 meal choices are going to outdo the 15 high higher like and more indulgent so you absolutely should enjoy those and even if you go into more of a maintenance, like I think I lost two pounds in December. Um, so other people would be like, that's only two pounds. And to me, if I stopped trying and I came to the all or nothing mindset, I can guarantee you January 1st, I would have been up probably eight to 10 pounds from not trying at the meals that I was in control of. When I'm at a party and I'm not in control of the meal, I'm just going to enjoy it. You know, like how often do I get to eat my mother-in-law's Christmas dinner? I get it once a year. I'm enjoying it. But the next day we were just home. If I could ask, you've lost in total or or to where you are today on your journey. How much have you lost in terms of pounds? So doing um, because of the fact that I am on a postpartum journey at the moment. um, So my original top to bottom with Weight Watchers was 70 pounds. And I had kept that off for a year and a half. Um, And then, like I said, I got pregnant with my third baby and I gained 50 pounds with him. but that's okay. It happened. And I learned things from it. And I had him and I restarted my postpartum um, journey of like a month after he was born, 34 pounds over my goal. So since then, I now only have 14 pounds, um, to maybe maybe a little less, I think I was 13 pounds when to get back to my goal. So I've lost 20, um, 
something pounds since then. So right now, long story short, I'm down 50 pounds, about 51 pounds from my start. Um, and then I have about 12 to 13 pounds to get back to my original goal that I that I like to maintain. Um, and I will mention that in that time frame, because I, I say postpartum, but my son is 19 months old. So some people are like, mm, your baby's not postpartum. You're not six. He's 19 months. Um, so it's been a very long postpartum journey. But when I was pregnant with my um, son, my mother got diagnosed with cancer. And like I stated earlier, my father passed away when I was 29 of stage four cancer. So when she got diagnosed and I was pregnant, I was so terrified that I was going to go back to, like I said, my, my rock bottom for my weight was when my dad died. Um, and I let, let myself go and I gained almost 100 pounds. Um, so Sadly, my mom passed away when my son was about four months old. So now here I am trying to navigate a postpartum weight loss journey and health, you know, like trying to get my health right. And I just lost my second parent and I'm only 35 years old at the time, you know? So not succumbing to that again, like I was so determined not to throw in the towel on myself again. And it was challenging. I did not, I have had plenty of days and weeks where it does creep back up, but all in all, I'm super proud that I, my mom passed away a little over a year ago. And since she passed away, I'm still down about 15 pounds where, where my dad died, I gained almost a hundred. And the fact that I've lost any weight after having a third child and losing your second parent, it's, uh, you know, tremendous. I, I think you have a lot to be proud about. And uh, you, you mentioned it earlier on as well, and I didn't touch on it, but mm -hmm. just even without having to deal with the grief of losing your parents, when you have children, and this was something we, I discussed on a, on a recent episode as well, that it's normal that you don't put yourself first and you, you become oh, yeah. further and further down the list of, of priority. And self-care is something that's so important, but there are moments in your life where it's not a priority because right. you're either too tired, you have Ugh. no time, a combination of both. All, you, the, all of the above, you know? <laughs> exactly that. And the fact that you were still conscious of that and, and you didn't give up on yourself and you decided to keep fighting for you, when you could have quite easily just sat back and said, you know what, it's too much. I, you know what keeps this. me going with that? It's like, um, yeah, I'm exhausted. I have three kids. My son still doesn't sleep great. I, you know, so yeah, I'm tired and I can very easily wake up today and be like, I'm so tired. I don't feel like tracking, but I know how much more tiring it is if I gain all my weight back and I go back to how I was when I didn't want to start. It was so much more tiring not wanting to take my kids to the park. It was more tiring giving them a bath and getting them dressed when I was out of breath going up the stairs, you know? So I have to always just dig deep and remind myself, like, it's hard no matter what, just which hard is the one we're going for here. As a parent, I think you you put it absolutely perfectly. And and I'm okay. sure that everybody listening to this will be able to relate as well, whether you're a parent or not. Just right, right. When you and don't yeah, you could be a yourself. caregiver of your sick parent. You could be a caregiver of a husband. You could be just yourself, your dog. It doesn't matter, but like, we are no, it's the age old cliche, right? Like you can't pour from an empty cup. You have to put your oxygen in. You hear all these things and they're cliches and you just kind of like, mm -hmm. they're, they're cliche for a reason because they're true. They, they I can't take truth, care yeah. of my kids if I'm not taking care of myself, you know? Of course. And, and I would like to ask as well, Ashley, because of the, I'll say the, the unhealthy emotional relationship you've had with food growing up. Mm -hmm. Do you feel, you, you mentioned earlier that you'd had some therapy. Yeah. But do you feel now at this stage of your journey, it sounds that you've got everything dialed in. You've got a process that's working for you. You're, you're sharing your journey 
and and I would say to some extent that must be helping as well because of the accountability that it draws. Oh, hundred percent, yeah. And and I, I'd like to touch on that in a moment, actually. Sure. But but how do you feel that your emotional relationship with food is now compared to perhaps when you were in your twenties? So I definitely will say it's obvious. The obviously um, answer would be it is improved, but. I've also just found ways around it, if that makes sense. So I talk about this a lot on my my Instagram, but I still love to eat volume food. I am I my sister and I couldn't be more different, and we joke about it all the time. Like she can have a half a turkey sandwich, and then her dessert will be one Hershey kiss. I laugh at her because I could never have one Hershey. So finding like my staples and being like, you know what, I still do like to emotionally eat after a stressful day with kids. But I'm not going to lean on the Ben and Jerry's. Maybe I'll go for the lower calorie ice cream and save my points for it. Um, just like if you were calorie counting, you could save your calories for, you know, a treat at night. I kind of just realized what what is important to me, right? Like, And so I do still kind of turn to food. Like I still love to eat and I love meals. It is still like my love language, but I found ways to lighten things up that I love, fit in the real treats on occasion and not throw in the towel when an event pops up or a social gathering pops up this like not to let the social gathering affect my decisions at home. I try to make all of my meals at home more like structured because then when I do go out, I don't have to obsess about every little calorie or point because I was, I knew that I didn't throw in the towel on myself at home. And it sounds as though you found balance above everything That's else. It. That's the magic word, the magic word, right? If we could all just figure out balance. And it sounds so easy, right? But it's it's getting there. It was hard. It was it was a lot to learn. Of course, of course. And I think now would be a good time to probably ask you what advice, given the journey that you've been on, and the things you've learned, what advice you'd give to people on the, a journey of their own, and be it them struggling with their emotional state, yeah. understanding how to find that balance, or, or even how to get started. What would you suggest to those people? Oh man, I could go on for for hours. Let's see. So first, I, if you do have a, like a lot of mental, you know, um, trouble with trauma or anything like that, kind of like I said, like I lost my dad and I started therapy. I do think I, I will always start with that because um, I know it's not for everybody, but that has helped me tremendously. Um, that would be the number one. But then all the on the weight loss side, I would say try to be more realistic, just like you are in every aspect of your life besides weight loss. I kind of look at myself and I go like. In every other aspect of my life, I think way more logically. But when it comes to my weight loss journey, I am so irrational. So like logically, if I wanted to save $1,000, right? I couldn't save $1,000 by next paycheck. That doesn't mean I shouldn't try to save $100. Same thing with my weight loss. I knew I had this mountain of weight to lose and it seemed like daunting. Like, oh my God, you want to lose 70 pounds? That's going to take forever. So instead of focusing, okay, well, that's the long-term goal, right? But like, what's my small goal? Let me try to hit the next five pounds, a new gene size. So go slow and steady and sustainably. Um, and then, like I said, lose the all or nothing mindset because I promise that is what got most of us there. The balancing act is so important. So, so one thing I wanted to talk to you about, Ashley, please, is your Instagram account. Because mm -hmm. I know from viewing it myself, it's very much focused on the fact that you follow Weight Watchers. You share a lot mm -hmm. of great information on how people can utilize the points how people can use your your account and your posts to help them on their journey but it goes a lot deeper than that and yeah. the 
the posts you share, the stories, um, you go live as well. It is mm-hmm. the things that you do here is much more than just Weight Watchers focused. So this is why I think it's so important for anybody who's listening to this, whether you're Slimming World, Keto, Calorie Tracking, whatever you do. I love your account because above everything else, you're providing support and you're offering help to people. You know, it's funny. Like I, I follow accounts that aren't just Weight Watchers because it all is relevant. Like you said earlier in the um, beginning, at the end of the day, we're all searching for a way to put ourselves in a calorie deficit, right? So I follow calorie counting accounts. You can learn something from other accounts. I follow fitness trainers, even though I don't really work out much because they go on and, and give these like nuggets of wisdom that you can take from. So I find the weight loss, Instagram, fitness, influencers, when someone genuinely wants to help, it doesn't matter what they are following and how they get to their goal. Yes, you may end up wanting to try what they're doing. But like I always say to people like, you don't have to do Weight Watchers to get to your goal. I just did. And I think it works for me. And take what you want from me, what seems like obtainable from me, right? Like I follow people that meal prep. I don't like to meal prep. So I'm just not going to meal prep, but I'm still going to follow them for the inspiration from their meals or their advice or how they're managing their kids. Like you just got to find, and like I always say, take what you want from each account that you follow, but the realistic side. If you know you're a person who works at an office and you have to pack your lunch, then meal prepping would probably be great for you. Someone like me, I make my meals at each moment because I'm home. So like you have to be a realistic with not trying to like repeat someone's journey, but like go to them for support or advice. And I do try to show all sides of it. Like the motherhood side that I have stress, you know, I'm stressed. I documented the journey of losing my mom because I know there's people that are on a weight loss journey and they get terrible news about a family member or a tragedy or something happens. And it's so easy to throw in the towel on yourself. So I really tried to document that because it was really important for me this time to not let that happen again, because it was very tempting to just stop because my world stopped, you know, but to power through that, I just wanted to document that side. So I really just try to document my everyday life. And obviously Weight Watchers is a part of that. So I do give, you know, the points values and things like that. But you can look at a meal of mine and be like, that looks good, even though I don't count, you know, points, but I'm going to make a meal like that. So I do, I do try to keep it where you can follow along, even if you don't particularly follow Weight Watchers. Of course. And and I think one of the things here and that I've learned, it's only really been recently that I've thrown myself into the community of weight loss. But mm-hmm. like you say, it's opened up so many different topics and avenues that I've now followed that aren't specific just to weight loss and and it started off if I'm honest really as research for the podcast looking specifically at weight loss but one of the things that I've realized is that weight loss fitness lifestyle the people who are usually successful are genuine and they have an air of positivity and an energy about them that makes you feel good And this is what I think is so important. And this is what I I get from your account as well, Ashley, the fact that it's, and they they say you should surround yourself by the people that you want to become and emulate that. And like you said, it doesn't matter if you're not following the exact plan. Right. You're someone who's optimistic. You're someone who's enthusiastic. And and I'm sure as I go back through some of the, the harder moments in your life that you've documented, I'm sure there are days where you've not felt like that and and been very open about that, but you've been genuine. I try to be as real as possible. I know every influencer or account says that. And, you know, most of the time I would hope that it's true, but I really do just try to keep it as real as possible. And the thing about my Instagram is it's just 
not curated. I'm just going to come on and chat about my day. And if a thought pops in my head, I'm going to share it. And hopefully it helps one person. Like I was telling you prior, I made my Instagram account after following people on my personal account. And I was like, you know what? I want an easier place to go. I made my account private because the real thought process, why I made my account private at first was because I didn't want anybody in my real life to be like, oh my God, Ashley's on another weight loss attempt. Because when I tell you I've done everything, I've done everything. And it was almost like an embarrassment protection. I didn't want anybody in my real life to say, wow, she just did Weight Watchers two years ago and gained all her weight back. Why is she on it again? So I hid. Um, and then as six months went by and I was like, wait, this is different. Something's different this time. This isn't going to be another failed weight loss attempt because I didn't want, I, I was under the impression that I was going to fail again because I just always did. Right. And something clicked and I was like, this isn't like those other times. And now I'm going to make myself not private. And I want to shout this from the rooftops because if I can help one person feel this way, like it would be worth everything. And of course I I would like to think that it's been more than one person at this point, but oh, I'm, I'm I've sure had people in my real life, my aunt, my friend, my, my husband's coworker, like she lost 70 something pounds from seeing the realistic approach to Weight Watchers as opposed to the, the ones I've done prior. And that was my goal to show the realistic side of it and the sustainable side of it, not the restrictive side of it that I did prior. I'm sure you've helped thousands of people, Ashley. And, and that's an exaggeration. <laughs> and and we'll tell everybody, how can they follow you on Instagram? What is your Instagram account, please? It is as simple as can be. Ashley Tracks Points. <laughs> Ashley Tracks Points. And as always, I put a link in the show notes there where people can follow you. And I really would encourage anybody, regardless of whether you're following Weight Watchers or any plan, to to go and visit Ashley's account, follow her. Because Thank you. like I said, it's a source of inspiration, motivation, and you can see that it's genuine and that it's not forced. It's not um, artificial. And and this is what I think so many people need, just, just guidance from somebody who's been there, someone who is going through it still, and, and someone who shares it. And, and that's what yeah. I think is the most important parts to, to having that success and, and having somebody who you can look to for support and then knowing Thanks. that it's genuine. So <laughs> Ashley, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Congratulations on your success in, in changing your lifestyle and overcoming some of the challenges you have all in the same time as raising three children and, you know, wife and, and everything else that you do. I, I'm sure it doesn't give you much free time, but I imagine you're very happy in everything that you do. I, I try to be, you know what? Life is short and we only got today. So I try to make the best of it, you know? I think that's fantastic. So Ashley, thank you for becoming today's weight loss warrior. It's been an absolute pleasure. It was so much fun. Thank you. <laughs> and I wish you all the best for the future. Take care. Thank you too. Bye-bye. I'd also like to say a big thank you to you, our listeners. I appreciate you joining us at the Weight Loss Warrior podcast and would love that you become part of our tribe. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast to never miss a new Weight Loss Warrior tell their story. We share brand new episodes every single Monday and Thursday and hope that you join us next time. You can also find us on Instagram where we share great tips and advice on how you can lose weight in a safe and sustainable way. Simply search for Weight Loss Warrior podcast and follow us today. Remember, be kind to yourself and keep looking forward. You can achieve your goals.